Sefer Daniel, Chapter 8, Perakhet. We now shift back to Hebrew, although the concepts and allusions here become more and more cryptic and mysterious. So it may be easier for us to read, but we still will have a difficult time understanding the mysteries that are included in the rest of this book. I want you to notice as we go through the book that the, the root ra'ah, to see, resh alef hey, is repeated throughout 14 times as a keynote in this vision. Pasuk Aleph, Bishnat Shalosh Lamachut Belshatzar Hamelech, in the third year of Belshatzar Hamelech's rule, Chazon Nira Elai, a vision appeared to me. Ani Daniel, me, Daniel. After the vision which had appeared to me first. In other words, now he's going to see another vision um, which will explain the second and the third animals in the previous. Perek. Now, why the switch to Hebrew? I think we have a little hint over here because it doesn't say um, the land that Belshazzar ruled in because this is really the final year of Belshazzar's dominion. He no longer has power, and so too the Kazda'i language is no longer going to be an official language. It will switch to Persian, so he switches back to Hebrew, his native tongue. So he has a chazon, he has a vision. According to the Avoti Rabbi Natan, chazon is one of the ten languages, that are, ten expressions that are used to describe prophecy. Nivu'ah is something we hear, as in the expression niv svatayim. Chazon is something that is seen. So he has some kind of a vision, according to the Rambam in the Moreh, it's a level of Ruach HaKodesh, it's not a prophecy, but he sees something which is connected to the previous vision that he had had. Pasuk Bet, and I saw in the vision, and when I saw the vision, I was in Shushan Habira, familiar to all of us, in, from the book of Esther, Asher Be'elam, that is in the province of Elam Hamedina, the province. Ve'er Eba Chazon, and I saw in the vision, Va'ani Ayiti Aluval Ulai. But in my vision, I'm standing near a river or a canal called, um, called Ulai. So he, he's having some kind of a vision, and he's standing next to some kind of a canal, um, which is called, I think, evocatively Ulai, which means maybe. I lifted up my eyes, and I saw, behold, there is a ram standing before this stream or irrigation canal, and he had horns, and the horns are very high, one is taller or higher than the other, and the higher one, was coming up last. So he sees some sort of asymmetrical um, uh, goat or ram, which is, has two big horns, one bigger than the other. Later on, we're going to learn in Pasukhaf when the angel explains to him that this is Parasumadai, Persia and Medea, and the larger horn represents Persia, which was more dominant and continued the control over the empire throughout. Pasuk Dalit. I saw the ram goring, westward, northward, southward, and no animals could stand before it, and there was nobody that could rescue from his hand. It did as it pleased, and it grew. 
It doesn't mention the east because, according to our theory that this is Persia, Persia is to the east of Eretz Yisrael, so it's coming from the east and expanding north, south, and west. But no other creature is able to withstand the force of this animal. I was contemplating this. And behold, a he-goat comes from the west, across the surface of the entire land. But it doesn't touch the ground. And to the ram, a large conspicuous horn between its eyes. So now we have a second creature coming along. There's a there's a, a, a goat which is going to come along and um, jumping across the land, and it's it has it has a very large noticeable horn. This we will find out in Pasuchavalov represents Greece. Notice it says Tzvir Haizim, the known Sair, the known goat that was Greece, and I can only. Um, I can only picture its rapidity in taking over the land. That's why it's jumping. It doesn't even seem to touch the ground. It's, it's very swift conquest. And we know that Alexander the Great starts coming from the west to conquer, and he moves his conquest towards the east. And it comes up to that two-horned, Ram, that I had seen standing before the stream, and it ran at it fiercely, like in a fit of anger, it rushed at it. And um, and this is really, there's a difference of opinion who this refers to. Rav Sadia says this is Alexander the Great conquering um, Persia. Rabag says that this is one of the Darius kings who, um, who was rebelled against by, um, by his subjects because he was extremely dictatorial. Pasuk Zayin, Uri Itiv, I saw him. Magia Etzel Ha'ayal, he reached the ram. And he fought bitterly with it. And he smote the ram. And it broke its two horns. And the ram could not withstand it. So the goat threw it to the ground and trampled it. And there was no one to rescue the ram from his hand. So... This creature now breaks the Ayal's horns, breaks the ram's horns, which is a sign of overcoming its empire, overcoming its dominion, and nobody was able to withstand it. In contrast to the introduction to it, that no animal could withstand it. And there was nobody to save him, just like nobody could save anybody from him. And then the goat grew greatly. And at its greatest point, the great horn was broken. And the semblance of four horns came up in the place of that one horn that was broken. Each one pointed to another direction. This could be the death of Alexander at the height of his glory at the age of 32 when he was replaced by four um, subsequent kings who ruled at the same time, known in history as the Diodoki. They were four generals of Alexander who took over his dominion and split the kingdom between them. Okay, and they now control all four directions of the earth. Pasuktet. 
Umina achat mehem, and from one of them, Yatsa Karen achat mitzira, came one little horn, Vatigadel yeter, and it grew exceedingly, El Hanegev El Hamizrach, to the south and to the east, the El Hatsebi, and to the coveted land. Or to the Tzvi means something that is desired and coveted. So from one of these four horns came out another little horn. Who was that? Many of the commentaries see this as Antiochus Epiphanes, the king during the time of the story of Hanukkah. Um, Rashi Rav Sadia see this as Titus, the great Titus, who destroyed the Beit Hamikdash because they see Greece and Roman as one continual culture. And um, there's another commentary attributed to Rav Sadia Gaon, which says this is Yishmael. In any case, some. Some new king arises and takes over the, the south, the east, and the coveted land. The south being Egypt, the east being Persia, and the coveted land being Eretz Yisrael. Pasuk Yod. Vatigdal ad And it grew to the host of the heavens. Vatapel artsa. And then it threw down to the land. Min ha-tzava from the host of the heavens and from the stars, and it trampled them. So this great horn was able to reach up to the heaven and knock down stars and um, the hosts of the heaven. Rav Sadia says, this is B'nai Israel who are compared to the stars, and we've been brought down to this very low level. The Rabag, a product of his time, says this is the killing of Tzadikim. Pasuk Yud Aleph, Va'ad Sarat Higdil, and it exalted itself even up to the master of those hosts, Umimenu Huram HaTamid. And because of it, the Tamid Korban was taken away, was lifted away in Vuhushlach, Mechon Mikdasho, and the foundation of the sanctuary was thrown down. So this was in his mouth, you know, in his heart. He he despised Hashem and he and he um, he mocked Hashem. Ad Sar HaTzava HaGadol, the great the great soldier, the great, sorry, the great general, a leader. And therefore, he desired to, to get rid of the Korbanot and to destroy the Beit HaMikdash. This could be Titus, this could be Antiochus, either one. Now, it's, why is the Korban Tamid specified over here as opposed to any other Korbanot? I would suggest that that's because it was so long-lasting, it continued for so many hundreds of years, and it was the primary communal sacrifice. And a set time will be allocated for the discontinuation of the Korban Tamid, because of sin. And earth will be, will be thrown to the ground, and it will achieve, and it will succeed. Okay, the, the, the time, there will be a time set for the Korban to be abolished, and then it will be restored. Because of the sin. Whose sin? It could be because of the Greeks, the sin of the Greeks. It could be because of the sin of the Jews, and therefore we didn't deserve to have the Korban existing. And then, and that evil empire will throw down truth. It will despise Torah, which is our truth, and it will, for a short time, continue to succeed. Once again, as I mentioned, this could either be the Greek empire, or this could be Titus. Pasuk Yud Gimel. And I heard Echad Kadosh Medaber, a holy one speaking. And this holy one said to the anonymous person that was speaking, 
עד מתי החזון התמיד והפשע? שומעים, how long will this vision concerning the קורבן תמיד and the mute abomination תת וקודש וצבא מרמס, okay, allowing the trampling of the Holy One and of the host. So he overhears two angels speaking. He doesn't know the names of these angels, but they're really asking the same question that he's wondering about. How long will this terrible situation continue? And then the angel turns to Daniel. An angel answers him and says, Ad Erev, until when? Ad Erev, Boker, Alfayim, Ushlosh Me'ot, V'nitzdak Kodesh. Okay, until nightfall, morning, 2300, and then the Holy One will be rectified. This is extremely esoteric, and I, I don't, I, I, I approach this with great te- trepidation. What? what this means. First of all, let's deal with the Nitzdak Kodesh. I think that meal means that things will be repaired. Either the Beit HaMikdash or the Jews will return to their status. But what is this, um, what is this thing of um, at, uh, 2,300 of morning and night? Interestingly, the Abarbanel mocks the Christians who say that's when, when their Messiah, when Jesus arrived. Um, we will come back to this number in a short time. So we continue now, and we see Pasuk Tedvav. Vayi b'roti, ani Daniel et ha-chazon. And when I, Daniel, saw the vision, v'avakshavina, I saw an understanding, v'hinei and behold, omedli negdi kemare gaver, standing before me is the likeness of a man. So I'm trying to figure out, says Daniel, I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and suddenly an angel appears. Notice the hint of his name is Gabriel, and he, he's... He appears like the likeness of a man. And then I heard a human voice from the middle of this Ulai stream. And it called out, and it said, Gabriel, Gabriel, explain to this man standing over here, make it known to this one what this vision is. So he came to where I was. Omdi, where I was standing, nivati, and when he came, I was terrified. and I fell on my face. and he said to me, Haven ben Adam, understand, son of man, that this vision concerns the end of time. This this vision concerns the end of days. Why is he called Ben Adam over here? First of all, notice the pun, Haven ben Adam. But I think he's called Ben Adam to be told, to be reminded, you're not so great. Nebuchadnezzar called you a god. You're having this, this esoteric vision. Remember that you too are still human. But it's also, this is a message which affects humanity. You, need, you will need to share this shortly. This vision is not for right now. This vision is for the end of days. And that's what it, it's about. Le'et kets. It will not happen immediately, but rather it will happen in the future. Ubidabroimi, and as he's speaking to me, near Damti, I felt deep asleep. Could be that he fainted, says the Abarbanel. Alpanai, on my face, Artsa, on the ground. Vayigabi, and he touched me. Vayamideni, alomdi, and he stood me back up. Vayomer, and he said, Hininimo di acha et asher Hashem ba'achrit hazam. 
And he said, Behold, I am ready to inform you what will be after the fury. For at the appointed time will be the end. So now he's going to reveal to him what is going to happen at the end of days. And he will explain it to him. The Ram that you saw with its two horns are the kings are the kings of Paras Umadai. It could be the uneven horns are because Madai was smaller, Paras was greater. Or it could be we have Darius Daryavish, who was a lesser king and succeeded by Koresh, the greater king. Pasukhafalif, Vahatsvir, okay, and the and the he goat, Vahatsvir Hasair, the he goat, Melachyavan. That's the king of Greece. And the great horn that is between its eyes is the first king, quite possibly Alexander the Great. And then the broken one. And four arise in its place. That's four kingdoms. From this one nation will will rise. But lacking in its strength, so they will not be as great as these as the preceding kingdom. Pasuk Chafkimo, u'be'achrit malchutam, and at the end of their kingdom, kehatem haposhim, when the sinners are annihilated, yamod melech az panim u'mevin chidot, a brazen-faced king will arise, an, um, who's an understander of riddles. Who does this refer to? Um, this is somebody who was able to um, to decipher mysteries. Most Mifarshim say it's Antiochus. Rashi says it's Titus. The Ramban feels that it's the Roman kingdom in general. Interestingly, the Abarbanel says it's the Pope, and he, bla- he or the Catholic Church, and he relies on the fact that it says Umevin Chidot who understand riddles that this is somebody who uses the Torah and perverts it for their own purpose. V'atsam kocho. Okay, however, what is going to happen? His power will grow. V'lo kocho, but not through his own power. V'niflaot yashchit, and he will destroy mightily. V'hitzliach, he will succeed. V'asa, and he will accomplish. V'yishchit atzumim, and he will destroy Great ones, mighty ones, the Amkidoshim, as well as the nation of the holy ones. So we have this image of somebody killing out the many nations, as well as B'nai Israel, or many nations, or the Jewish nation, and specifically the most important people of the nation. Pasukhafe. Va'al Sichlo, and because of its cunning, Vihitzliach. mir Mirmabiado. Okay, he proceeds with deceit in his hand. He'll grow proud in his heart. And he will destroy many, he will destroy many in peace. And then he will stand up against the, the noble of nobles. And he will be broken, but not through a human hand. So he will finally rise up against Hashem, and then he will, he will fall because of his arrogance and because of his overweening pride, not a human hand will destroy him, but he will ultimately be destroyed. The Rav Sadia points out something interesting about Bishalva, meaning in peace, saying that he will lull the Jewish people into a false sense of security. 
And then, what does it mean evening and morning? Chafav, the vision of the nightfall in the morning, that was spoken, it's true. And as for you, obscure this vision, because it's not for now, it belongs to the future. So let's try to understand what this emet was, um, even though Daniel was told to conceal this vision. According to the Ibn Ezra, the 2300 evenings and days means the length of time that Antiochus's decrees lasted for six years and several months, and that's approximately six years and three and a half months would be 2300 evenings and days. Um, there are other commentaries that say it's 2300 half days, and that is the time that there was no Korban Tamid offered during the Antiochus's rule. But in any case, Daniel is told to conceal his vision. Why? The Rabag says, because when people hear this, they will despair. Um, and, and this is, I think, something that sometimes a leader needs to know information and doesn't necessarily share it because he needs to know what is happening to the people and how the news will affect it. Now, despite the angel's reassurance that this will happen in the future, what is Daniel's reaction? I, Daniel, was disturbed and ill for many, yamim, for many days. And then I got up, and I did the king's business, I attended to his business, and I was upset by this vision, but there was nobody who realized that I was upset. Nobody understood why I was so upset. It could very well be that the Melechet HaMelech was that he was called to the king to interpret the handwriting on the wall. I'm not sure. Notice the differences in these two dreams. Okay, first of all, we have one in Aramaic and one in Hebrew. There we had four kingdoms. Now we have two kingdoms. Previously, we had we didn't know what these animals represented. This time, they're specified who they are. They come from the Yam Hagadol as opposed to standing up by the Uval Eli. Previously, he saw monstrous animals. Now they're fairly normal. The animals that he saw previously were animals of prey, but these are vegetarian animals. And then they came one after the other, and here they come one simul- almost simultaneously. As I said, the question is what they refer to, but most commentaries agree that this is, as the, as the, as the angel said, Persia followed by Greece. The question is who the horn is. Is that a successor kingdom? Is it Rome? Or is it, in fact, the breakup of the Persian Empire or possibly Antiochus and his rule? We will continue, as Rat Hashem, in our next shiur.